Howdy. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. How blessed are we, huh? Yes. I tell our folks we're so blessed. The blessed people call us blessed. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brother Mark, Miss Brenda, for those kind words. And we do go back a little ways, don't we? We, Phyllis and I, count your pastors as good friends for decades now. How long you been pastoring the church there? Thirty-six years. Well, that tells you a whole lot, right there. Huh? It's sad, but you know, churches close their doors. Every month, every year, and uh, it's answered prayer, and the Lord sustaining, yes. and confirming His word. Yes. Amen. Amen. Aren't we thankful? Yes. Praise God. Well, it's a it's a privilege to be in uh, the Bay Area and be in this great church and to be with you. I uh, I want to give thanks to the Lord. Uh, just a few days ago, it didn't look like that I might be here. I, I, I woke up, and the entire side of my face was swelled up. My eye was completely closed, and it didn't change in a day. I went by the doctor, and he said I'd, he didn't think it was serious, but it was some kind of reaction to something, and probably be at least seven days before. That was two days ago. And uh, so I'm... <laughs> And I'm look almost normal, so I'm, I'm blessed to be with you tonight. And, and the Lord always sustains us, doesn't He? He always keeps us and helps us. Let's agree together for, I know we, we've prayed and church has prayed, and, uh, but everybody that's here, you know, utterance is greatly affected by the hearers. So uh, let's agree together that... Uh, the utterance will be here, and also the ear to hear will be here. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, for the moving of the Holy Spirit, gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We, we desire them. We covet them earnestly, O Lord, asking for ears to hear and eyes that can see, answers, direction, help, a supply of the Spirit to bring us up to where you want us to be, to the next place, to the next steps, to the next level. We ask for it in Jesus' name, and we won't be hearers only. We purpose to be doers, to live by it, put it into action, and we'll give you all the glory and all the praise for all the results. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. If you brought your Bible with you, open up, please, to uh, Gospel account of John, the third chapter, John 3 and uh, 16. You ever heard John 3, 16? Anybody familiar with that? That verse? Have you, anybody in here, exhausted all the revelation and light from John 3.16. Well, let's get some more then. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave. Did you know giving is the greatest expression of love? 
had the Lord say that to me some years ago. He said, the greatest expression of love is giving. Now, when I heard it, I thought, is that right? Did I hear right? And before I could finish that thought, he brought this scripture to me. God, for God so loved that he gave. Well, I don't think there's any question. That's the greatest expression of love that there is. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Keep reading. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now this is inspired. This is God speaking to us. Light and revelation for all men for all time. So the, the order of it, the structure of it, what's said first, what's said next, none of it's accidental. He, he says this, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, verse 16, and immediately after that he says, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And you see, for the next two or three verses, he's talking about this subject of condemnation. Look in verse 18. He said, he that believes on him is what? Not condemned. But he that believes not is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the what? Condemnation. That light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. You know, I, I've heard other people say it, and years ago I probably said similar things myself. If, uh, you know, if people only saw the goodness of God, they'd love Him. It's not true. Did you just get through reading that? <laughs> it's not true. There are people when Jesus was on the earth, they saw Him, they heard Him, and they despised Him. Are y'all with me or not? And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he said, they both, they've hated me and my Father. Didn't he say that? They've hated both me and my Father. And there are, it's happening in the world right now. People see and hear the reality of God and the goodness of God. Some, like you, love Him. Others see and hear the same reality and goodness, and they hate it. They despise it. That's a hard reality, but it's the truth. And if you don't receive Him and believe on Him and love Him, you cannot escape condemnation. No matter what you say or do, there will be no relief from it for you. But... Um, Back up to verse 18 again. He that believes on him is what? Not condemned. I want you to say that out loud. He that believes on him is not condemned. He that believes on him is not condemned. Say it again. He that believes on him is not condemned. Not condemned. 
Now, there, there's more truth here than we see right now, but it's already working. Say it again. He that believes on Jesus is what? Not is what? Is not what if you're condemned? <laughs> but if you believe on Jesus, what? You're not condemned. What if you're condemned? Then there's a measure of believing in Him you're not doing. Now we'll see we'll see this further in just a moment. Well, in fact, this is a good time to see it. Go to Romans ten, please. Another very familiar passage of scripture. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us already. Answering our prayer. Is he here with us tonight? Didn't he say if two or three of you gathered together in my name, I'll be right there. He's here. Come on, say he's here. He's here. He's here. His Spirit's in our midst, communing with us. It's amazing what He does in services. How He can communicate individually, simultaneously. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher there's ever been. And He knows just how to say it to you. And you'll hear things that were said, and you'll hear things that were not said. You'll hear things in. You'll hear things outside. You'll hear things inside. Thank you, Lord. And you can tell it's Him because because of the quickening. If it's just man, if it's just woman, if it's just flesh, it's dead. <laughs> Whether it's you or me or whoever it is, but when it's the Holy Spirit, there's a quickening. There's a, there's something else going on. Besides human activity, there's a quickening. Yes. Glory, to God. Glory to God. People wonder why we get loud sometimes. <laughs> why we want to holler and shout, yes. wave our arms, even take off and run. They go, is all that necessary? Well, you get quickened and you tell me. <laughs> our God's alive. Contrary to all the dead religions of the world, our God's alive. Jesus is alive. And the Holy Spirit is the quickening spirit. He's the spirit of life. He's the spirit of resurrection. Resurrection. And when you're quickened on the inside, it affects your outside. <laughs> Romans 10, did you find it? Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall what? Believe. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Not you might be, shall be. For with the heart man believes unto what? Now, this is the cure for condemnation. Righteousness. Righteousness. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Look at the very next verse. For the Scripture says, Whoever believes on Him shall not be ashamed. 
Come on, say that out loud. Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Say it two more times. For whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. One more time. Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. That sounds like not be condemned. Well, what if you're ashamed? Then there is some degree of not believing on Him. Can you see this, friends? What if you're condemned? Then there's some degree of not believing on Him. Because whoever believes on Him shall not be ashamed. Uh, it came on my heart today, the, tonight and tomorrow night that I'm with you, unless the Lord gives me something different, to talk about this subject and being free from condemnation and established in righteousness. And... Uh, the word condemn, if you look it up in these and other passages, it means to pronounce guilty. To pronounce guilty. It means to decide or judge against. And this is also the source of shame. If you're guilty, then that's why people are ashamed. And if you're guilty, you deserve punishment. The wages of sin is death. And uh, this is one of the biggest problems that mankind deals with. Condemnation and shame. And uh, there is no uh, deliverance from it outside of Jesus. You can... uh, sear your conscience and, you know, try to tell yourself it doesn't matter. But the only solution for a guilty conscience is the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. But the blood of Jesus is a complete solution. Hebrews talks about that the blood of Jesus can purge your conscience. can purge. The blood of animals could only cover sin. Our sins in the new covenant are not covered. They're washed away. Oh, come on, say thank you, Lord. Hmm? People say, well, thank you, Lord, for covering over my sin. Your sins are not covered. That's Old Testament. Your sins are washed away. You've been cleansed. If you are clean by the blood of the Lamb, there is no sin remaining. If that's true, why would we be condemned? Why would we be ashamed? Why would we be dreading What's going to happen to us because we've sinned? It's quiet, isn't it? (laughs) Do you believe there are answers in the Word of God? Do you believe it's true? 
that he that believes on him will not be condemned. He that believes on him will not be ashamed. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The very next verse says he didn't come, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn us. It's not God's will that you and I be in condemnation. Now, we've already seen multiple scriptures, but just that one. John 3.16, John 3.17. God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world. How many believe it? How many believe it? It is not God's will that you be condemned. So if we're experiencing guilt and shame, it is contrary to the will of God. It is contrary to why Jesus came. Look in John the, excuse me, Romans, the 8th chapter, please. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who always, always <laughs> causes us to try. Always means this time too. Right? means whatever you're dealing with right now. Also, in Romans, the eighth chapter, there's so much here uh, touching this subject. But uh, skip down to the end of the chapter in verse 29, Romans eight twenty-nine. It says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The many brethren he's talking about is us. We're part of that. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. Is he still talking about you? And whom he justified, them he also glorified. The Lord, God's a faith God. Jesus is a faith Lord. He's he not just looking us, at us the way we look now. When He looks at you and I, He sees us by faith, the finished product. The Bible said in 1 John, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Right now. It doesn't yet appear what we shall be. Uh, the world doesn't know who we are. The unsaved, why? Because we don't fully look like it yet. <laughs> but uh, how many have, have been saved for 20, 30 years plus, And you'd say, you, you've come a long ways. Would you say that, that you... <laughs> You've improved quite a bit from where you started out. And that's just 20 years, 10 years, 30 years. What if you continue to develop like that for another 50 years? What if out past this life, you get, you get free from everything hindering you, and you develop at a whole other rate for another 1,000 years? By then and before then, 
other beings will see you and know who you are because you'll look like it. Do you see what he's talking about? Those he, pre, he predestinated, he's justified and also glorified. It's already done in the mind of God. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, the very definition of condemnation is to judge against, to find guilty. Or to judge against. And here he's asking the question. Is God for us? Or against us? God didn't send his son into the world. To judge against us. If he'd have wanted to judge us. All he'd have had to do is nothing. Just not come. Leave us in our sin, leave us the way we were. He didn't want us condemned. He didn't want us found guilty. He didn't want us judged. He didn't want us punished. He wanted us justified. He wanted us glorified. And you see the very next verse. He's still talking about this. Verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know, if if the father wouldn't withhold Jesus from you, he'd certainly give you a house. Or a car. I mean, if he was ever going to say something was too much, it would have been Jesus. Right? All this other stuff is little stuff. And when he gave you Jesus, he gave you all of that. He gave you everything. Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Now, the the King James is a little bit awkward on these verses. But you can almost put a question mark on the next part. Because it's, it's a question. Who is going to accuse God's elect. And let me paraphrase, it's not God. God's the one that justified you. (laughs) Come on, can you see this? God that justifies? You could ask a question like that. Who, Who is accusing? Who is laying anything to our charging us with any guilt? Not God. God's the one that justified us. Look at the next verse. Who is he that condemns? It's not Jesus. He, if he didn't want us condemned, he sure wouldn't have come and died for us. And rose again for us. Who's at the right hand of God making intercession for us right now? Right? He didn't do that because he wanted us condemned. That's, that's elaborating on God being for us. Come on, can you see that? We've used that in a number of different things. But if God be for you, he's talking about, it's not God that's trying to find you guilty. It's not God that's accusing you of making mistakes and sin. It's not Jesus trying to find fault with you. God is the one who has justified us. Jesus is the one who came and took our place. It is not God's will. That you or I live a single day ashamed, feeling guilty, feeling embarrassed, 
Come on, can you see this? The enemy will try to tell you different, but he's a liar. He is the accuser of the brethren. Isn't that right? He's the one always trying to lay some charge against you and find fault with you and heap condemnation on you. And if you don't know how to deal with it, there seems to be plenty of evidence to support it. <laughs> you'll, just, you'll just yield to it and think you're being a responsible person by feeling terrible about how badly you've missed it and how many times you've come short and how many ways you've failed and what a poor uh, excuse of a Christian you really are. And if you start beating yourself on the head, the enemy will come and say, that hammer's too small. Let me give you, <laughs> let me give you a real hammer. <laughs> and between you and him, he will beat your brains out and destroy your confidence, which is another word for your faith. Condemnation is perhaps the worst enemy of your faith. Condemnation is the confidence killer. The devil knows this. That's why he's always trying to tempt not just so he can say, goody, goody, see there, I got you to sin. It's much more going on than that. He wants you and me to be condemned, to feel ashamed, to feel guilty. Because then, no matter what kind of calls on our life, no matter what kind of anointing God has placed in us, it'll be like it doesn't exist. Because faith is what releases the anointing. Think about what happened with Jesus. When he was baptized in the river and the Spirit of God came on him without measure, immediately, immediately, the enemy came and subjected to him to the full brunt of every temptation and push that he'd ever done on men for 40 days and 40 nights. Why? Why? Why now? Why here? He was the Son of God the year before and five years before. Why now? Because there are more than one reason, but one of the big reasons is because it's just now that all this anointing came on him. Can you see that? Just now, that, that's, that's what happened. The anointing came on him. The devil is afraid of the anointing. Oh, he fears it. Why? Because it is yoke destroying. It is burden removing. Well, the enemy can work to try to get a yoke in somebody's life and somebody's family for 20 years. And the anointing can disintegrate it in milliseconds. Very frustrating if you're the devil. <laughs> you can work to, to lay burdens on people and try to crush them, their joy and their peace. And the anointing can just liberate them in a moment of time. And set them completely free. The devil knows this. 
But he also knows if you've got no faith to mix with that anointing, there'll be no release of power. And there's no quicker, surer way to destroy your faith and confidence than to get you in condemnation. So he's pouring it on, trying to tempt Jesus. Now, of course, there was the bigger issue of Jesus being our substitute and our sacrifice, and he had to be sinless. But in addition to that, just the immediate application of his ministry, you got to have faith. You got to be bold. You got to have confidence. I mean, I got a call on my life. I got an anointing to minister. But what if I came in here tonight and I said, I just feel so unworthy. I just, you know, y'all pray for me because I don't think I can do it tonight. I just, I've a, would that bless you? Would that help you? <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm not worthy. You know, I've really messed up this week and I ought not be up here. And in fact, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> well, no matter what kind of call might be on my life or what kind of revelation or what kind of anointing, there'd be no zero, no manifestation of it unless you got enough confidence. Yes, yes. Come on, you all with me? Yes. Enough confidence to come on out and say, hi there. We're going to have church tonight. Spirit of God is here. Anointing's going to be good. Well, are you bragging because you've done everything perfect? No, no. But the blood cleanses. Oh, come on, everybody. The blood truly cleanses and washes. I've made mistakes just like you. But I refuse to let the devil or anybody or my own memory make me feel guilty or ashamed because I'm either clean or I'm not. Come on, women. I'm, I'm either washed or I'm not. I've had people look at me in the, at, at the altar calling and say, yeah, but preacher, you, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been. You don't know what I've done. And immediately I say, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. Your sin is not greater than his blood. I don't care what you did. I'm not saying it was okay and it might have been terrible. But the blood is far greater still. Oh, somebody say, thank you for the blood. Thank you. Thank you for the cleansing power of the blood of the Lamb. It doesn't cover. It purges. It washes. It cleans. Hallelujah. He has given us His righteousness. Because ours didn't cut it. <laughs> ours was unacceptable so the only way we could be completely acceptable in the presence of the Father only way we could have access to the throne was for Jesus to give us his righteousness and if my righteousness is his then it's as good as His. Because it is His. 
if I'm coming to the throne to pray in Jesus' righteousness, then I'm coming as clean as Jesus. Oh, did you hear that or not? If I'm not, I'm not clean at all. Hallelujah. We need mind renewal. Don't we? We need revelation of this. We've sung about it. We know it's great. We've talked about it all our life, but it's greater than we thought. I said it's greater than we thought. And he that believes on him, come on, help me out, is not condemned, is not ashamed. When you really believe what happened at the cross, when you really believe what happened when you received Jesus, when you really believe what happened when you repented and received forgiveness and cleansing, there remains no more condemnation. There remains no more shame. If the shame remains, you hadn't believed it yet. Hadn't received it yet. Can you say, thank you, Lord? Come on, just lift your hands right now. Say, thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you for the cleansing and washing of the blood of the Lamb. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for the blood that never loses its power. The blood that washes. The blood that gives eternal life. Thank you for that blood. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody said out loud, I have faith in the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. The most serious sin there is, it's talked about in the book of Hebrews, is to trod underfoot the blood, to treat the blood with disrespect, to treat it like it's nothing. That's the sin that'll send you to hell. That's not us. We revere the blood, the precious blood of the spotless lamb. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Father. Thank you. For the precious blood of the spotless lamb of God. By that blood, all who believe and receive are clean. By that blood, all who believe and receive are forgiven. By that blood, all who believe and receive are made righteous. By that blood, all who believe and receive are made holy. Made holy. You didn't earn holy. You were made holy. You didn't earn righteous. You were made righteous. Whoo! Glory to God. Glory to God. It's something to get stirred up about. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians, please. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter.
<laughs> Hallelujah. Healings will happen tonight and tomorrow night and during the day tomorrow and the day following and deliverances. Why do you say that? I say it by the Spirit of God. Because the moment you get rid of the condemnation, your faith just comes right up. Your fa and when your faith comes up, you can receive right now. You can get free right now. I don't care if it's been keeping you down for 20 years. The anointing destroys the yoke. It can do it in a moment. It does do it in a moment. In 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, down in verse uh, 21. My, 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 my. <laughs> Whoo. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he, God, has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Who knew no sin. Now Jesus did not sin. He is unique among all men. Somebody said, you're calling him a man? Yes, he became a man. And laid aside his mighty weight and glory and power as God. He didn't function as God. When he walked the earth. That's why he had to be anointed. And uh, he was tempted, the Bible said, in all points. Just like us. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's only sin when you yield to the temptation. Even the most holy saying of God, holy living saying of God, has found thoughts come to their mind. And feelings that were ungodly and wrong. We live in a world full of the enemy and full of the curse and sin. And there will come to you thoughts, feelings, suggestions. But you haven't sinned until you yield to it. Until you receive it and accept it. Like Brother Hagin used to say, you, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head. But you can prevent him from building a nest in your hair. Right? <laughs> so you can't prevent thoughts, feelings, suggestions coming to you. But the moment they do, you need to resist. You need to resist. You need to realize that's not coming from the Holy Spirit inside me. That's coming from out here, from the enemy, trying to tempt me. But uh, Jesus, the scripture said, look at it again. God did what? Made him to what? Be sin. He did not just sympathize with our sins. He didn't just uh, empathize or sympathize or, or feel what it was like. He became sin. Now, this is something many have not, not been willing to believe. Do you remember that in the Old Testament numbers that uh, snakes were biting the people? And Moses prayed to the Lord and he showed him and he made a serpent of brass. 
and he put it on a pole and he lifted it up and everybody that looked were forgiven and healed and delivered. And in John, that same passage we were just reading about, it said just like Moses lifted up the serpent on the pole, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Jesus is compared to a brass snake on a pole? How is that a type of Jesus? A snake? Brass is representative of judgment. The serpent is representative of the enemy and sin. How can that represent Jesus? Because that's what happened on the cross. He, Jesus, was made sin with our sin. That's why the Isaiah, looking into the future, prophesied about, said his form and visage was more marred than any man. Well, that wasn't true after the physical. He wasn't dismembered. He still looked like a human being, but he's seeing in the spirit. What happened in the physical was terrible, but it didn't begin to compare with what happened in the spirit. It's, it's difficult for us to even imagine. What would, what would it be? All the sin, all the transgression, all the evil, all the failure, all the disobedience of all mankind, past, present, and future, converged on his sinless, spotless being, and he received it and became it. That's when he cried out, My God! Why have you forsaken me? Because the Father had to turn his head on sin. Can you see this? But it wasn't his sin. Him who knew no sin. He never experienced sin personally. He always did every day and night of his life what pleased the Father. He never disobeyed him. He never transgressed the Lord's, the Father's command. Ever. Not once. He's our hero. Proving it could be done. <laughs> that a man could do it. He, he proved it. He was tempted in all points, just like us, yet without sin. But here's the thing. I'm being repetitive on purpose. He became sin. Somebody say, He became sin. He became sin. With my sin. With my sin. Did He really become sin? Yes. Huh? Yes. He be, Jesus became sin. I know we don't like to say it. We don't like, we don't like to think it because He's spotless. He's sinless. Yes, but He received it by faith. He became sin. Why? Why? That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Oh, and here, here is something that will keep you shouting all night long if you ponder it. He took all of the sin of mankind, past, present, future into him, his spotless being, and the full judgment of God fell on him. You know, the sun refused to shine. It got pitch black. 
He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, it was, it was an awful moment. And that, that's just what you can see in the natural. And he gave up the spirit and died and went to the heart of the earth where sin goes. And for three days and nights, we, we barely know what happened. But judgment for your sin and my sin. Somebody said, well, I, I can't accept that. You're trying to say Jesus went to hell. If he didn't go, you're going. Now, which way you want to believe it? The only thing. To keep you from going. Because you deserve to go and I deserved to go. The wages of sin is death. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You deserve to go. I deserved to go. The only thing that prevent us from going is that God in His mercy sent Jesus in our place. And He did it. He went there. Having become sin and, and, and experienced whatever things he experienced. But on the third day, the Father spoke from heaven. Justice is satisfied. Oh. He said, this day, I've begotten you. He became the firstborn. Of many brethren. And he came out of the place of torment. He came out of hell. He came out from being made sin and was raised all the way up to the right hand of the Father. Did he really become sin? With whose sin? And he went straight in from, from there, having paid the price, having judged sin in the flesh. He went straight from there into the presence of the Almighty, sat down at the right hand. Is that right? That means you and I can go straight into the presence of the Almighty. We're seated with him. In he- oh, come on, can you see this or not? In heavenly places, just as surely as he became sin, that's how surely you've been made righteous. Hallelujah. And if you believe that, your shame is over. <laughs> if you believe that, your condemnation is done. Yeah, you've messed up. Yeah, I've messed up. But we're the cleaner we're not. Your sin, he took. Come on, say he took my sin. He took the sin you've been ashamed of, he took it. He took it. He paid for it. He was judged for it. And he paid for it so completely and was justified from it so completely that he went straight from there right into the presence of the Almighty. And all who believe on him 
have been made righteous now with His right. Because if He took our sin, He's got a right to give us His righteousness. Oh, somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If Jesus could come out of the heart of the earth after being made sin and go right into the presence of the Father, then you and I can go right into the presence of the Father after being made righteous with His righteousness. Thank you, Father. If this is true, why do so many Christians continue to live ashamed, guilty, guilty conscience, feeling ashamed, feeling embarrassed, feeling guilty? Why? I can see more than one main reason in the Word of God, but this is the first one. Not believing what he has done. Not believing on his sacrifice. Do you mind if I just camp on it a little while longer? Not believing. Not believing. Our gracious Father does not want us to be condemned. Do you believe that yet? He doesn't want you to spend one day feeling bad to prove that you're serious. It's actually quite insulting. It is very insulting to act like I've got to mope around and act guilty for a few days because the blood of Jesus wasn't enough. I got to add this to it. No. No. It's not being responsible. It's being slow to believe. It's being slow to receive. Now, you got, we all got flesh. And we've all missed it in the same area more than once. Don't raise your hand. You don't have to. I, I know. Because <laughs> you got flesh. And if you yield to it, you'll miss it in the same area. And if you miss it over and over again, especially that, you you know, you get to the place where you're like, I don't even want to come to the Lord about it. I mean, what what is this, time number 39 that I've done this? He doesn't remember 39 times. If you repented and received, it's already been paid for, and you've already received and the only thing to deal with is what's going on right now. That's already been paid for too, but you still have to receive it. I said you still have to receive it. If the only thing that mattered was that he had paid for it, then everybody will be saved, whether they believe it or not, because he paid for everybody. But that's not true. I said that's not true. You have to believe. And you have to receive. And not just when you're born again, but any time you mess up. The moment you mess up 
and you realize it. Don't run from the Lord. Don't try to hide it. He already knows you can't hide anything from Him. Can you? Run to Him. Run to Him and judge yourself. Say, Lord, that's wrong. I I missed it on that. And immediately, not three days later, immediately say, I receive. I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing. I receive washing. I receive righteousness. Come on, somebody needs to say it right now. Say it out loud. I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing. I receive righteousness. Hallelujah. I receive it. I believe I receive it. I tell you, see, he took your sin. He did it by faith. You've got to take his righteousness by faith. You've got to take it by faith. I receive it. And then, anytime something tries to mess with you, you say, no, I've received forgiveness. I'm clean. Yeah, but what about what you did with the blood of the Lamb? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus took that. Right? He took that. And I, I, have, I believe it, and I receive it. So there's no condemnation. I believe it. I receive it. There's no shame. Thank you, Father. Somebody say, thank you, Father. Now, now that's, that's regardless of what anybody else might think about you. Now, they may remember it <laughs> forever. <laughs> and they may not want to forgive you. And you do, if you wronged them, you need to ask them to forgive you too. But even if they don't, doesn't mean you have to stay condemned. Hmm? Doesn't mean you have to. You know, people say, well, if somebody says, well, you don't even act like you feel bad about it. Well, Jesus went to hell and paid for it. I, I think that's good enough. I know I don't, earn, I know I don't deserve it, but I do receive it. And he's made me clean. I receive total forgiveness. I, I receive complete cleansing. I receive the righteousness of the Lord. I receive it. And I am made right. Hallelujah. Either clean or you're not. He's made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I've got more to talk about, but I'm just not quite ready to get off of this yet. I, I just like it mighty good. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Go to, go to 1 John 2. I'm just going to stay on it a little bit. 1 John 2 and 28. The Bible talks about the day of the Lord a lot. It talks about the Lord coming again. And many times people talk about that and they mix a lot of things up in Revelation that they don't understand with it. And, and also they, they talk about how, you know, how afraid everybody will be. Well, not everybody. 
First <laughs> John 2.28 said, Now, little children, abide in Him. Live in Him. Dwell in Him. Stay in Him. If you yield to the flesh and, and get off on the wrong track, repent and get back in Him. Get back in the light. Get back in faith. Get back in a consciousness and awareness of how he paid the price and how the blood has washed. Live there. That when he shall appear, we may what? Have what? We're talking about the trumpet sounding. The sky coming apart. The dead being raised. People running, trying to hide under the rocks. And you doing what? You're doing what? Oh, come on. No. Huh? You've got what? Confidence. Confidence. And what? Not be ashamed before him at his coming. If we cannot be ashamed and have confidence in the glory and power of that hour, why can't we not be ashamed right now? Why can't we have confidence right now? Because the same thing that gives us confidence then, we have now. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Same thing that causes us not to be ashamed then. It's true right now. Because he's already gone to the cross. He's already paid the price. He's already raised from the dead. Come on, I want you to think about it another minute further. The trumpet sounded. <laughs> the whole earth is shaken. <laughs> He's coming in the clouds of glory and the saints with him. Whew. Power, glory, and you're doing what? <laughs> you're doing what? The dead are, are being raised out, out of the ground. <laughs> Most any mortal human being would be scared out of their skin. <laughs> You're doing what? You're doing what? You're going, I told you, I told you, I told you he's coming. I told come on, Jesus, come on. Come on. Come on, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You're ready? You're ready to come into the presence of the Most High, into light, unapproachable by mortals? You're How are you ready? How are you ready for that? It's not because you've lived perfect. It's not because you earned it, because you deserved it. It's because... You just believed it and received it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And since the righteousness you received is his own righteousness, it's as good as his. Because it is his. <laughs> and you can go with him right into glory. You can go with him right into the presence of the Father. Without shame. You know... Uh, uh, your pastors and, and mine, our father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin Sr., 
who's in heaven now. He had more than one visitation by the head of the church. Amazing, amazing. And he said on one of those visitations, he was caught up, and he said he saw the Lord. And he talked about how amazing it was, and he said he was, he was standing there in front of him, and he said uh, for the first time he, he, he looked towards him and was just overcome, just overcome. And he said he fell down on his, his feet. Fell, fell down on his, his hands and, and face and, and said, Lord, Lord, no one as unworthy as I should look on your face. Now, you know, Brother Hagin's not a bad guy. <laughs> but in the presence of this kind of purity and holiness and power, you'd feel that way. He said, he's, he, he said he saw his face is down by the master's feet. And he said he saw the, the, the sign, the mark of where they, they nailed his feet. And he said the Lord spoke to him and said, stand up. Stand up on your feet. He said he got up, you know, of course you didn't think about not doing it. He, he, said, he said he stood up. He's looking at him. He said the Lord looked at him and said, I have made you worthy to look on my face. Is it true, saints? Is it true, saints? No matter how you feel, it's still true. No matter how badly you may have performed, it's not based on your performance. It's based on your faith and receiving what He has already done. Come on, somebody say, He has made me worthy to be in His presence. He's made me worthy to look on His face. Oh, my, my. Oh, my, my. He's made me worthy. He's made me worthy. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. He made me. He made me. He was made to be sin with my sin so he could make me righteous with his righteousness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So, when he shall appear, come on, you want to practice? The trumpet sound. What are you going to do? You're not going to run high. You're not going to go, oh God, what a sinner. Oh God, oh God, oh God, what a sinner I am. No. No. <laughs> what kind of works can I do? What kind of works? I'm too late for that. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Maybe I can do some penance. No. 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 Have confidence. 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 Saints coming out of the graves. Angels blowing the trumpet. The glory of God shaking the earth. And you're standing there going, yeah. Yes. Yes, Lord. I'm ready. Not ashamed. Not Ashamed over anything you did in your life. 
Not ashamed. Somebody say, not ashamed. Not ashamed. If you can be not ashamed then, why can't you be not ashamed now? Why can't you? What's going to change between then and now? The Lord doesn't need to do anything else, to pay for anything else. We, we never could earn it. We don't have to be ashamed now. We can have confidence now. He that believes on Him shall not be ashamed. He that believes on Him is not condemned. Now you, you, have, to, you have to talk to yourself. Are y'all with me? Because we all got feelings. We all got flesh. You got a memory. Other people's got memories. They'll remind you. <laughs> but Every one of us have made mistakes, plenty of them. Any one of us have things that we might have done or said in the past, we would not want a light shined on it and everybody to see it and know it right now. But in spite of my mistakes, I refuse to be ashamed. I refuse to accept condemnation. I refuse. Come on, are y'all with me or not? Why? Because I have more faith in the blood than I do in my mistake. The blood is greater. I revere the blood. I esteem the blood. I reverence and have faith in the perfect blood of the spotless lamb. It's far greater than any mistake I ever made, any mistake you ever made. And because of that, I refuse to accept the guilt and the shame. I refuse. And I insist and persist in confessing His righteousness has been given to me. I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. The blood has made me clean. I'm completely forgiven. I'm completely washed. I'm completely made right and acceptable in His sight. When you believe that, and the guilt and condemnation comes off of it, you can receive anything. You can receive any kind of healing. You can get delivered from any kind of problem. Your faith just soars. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah, Brother, H- Brother Hagin said he's down on the floor. He said, nobody as unworthy as I should look on your face. He said, immediately the Lord said, get up, stand up. You believe that or not? The head of the church told him, get up. Well, why did he come? Does he want us condemned or not? See, this is a revelation many still have not got. They think it pleases God for you to go around and hang your head and and be ashamed for a while and prove that you're serious about making a change. (laughs) That you... (laughs) No, you're, you're, you're defeating why he came. God didn't send his son into the world 
to condemn the world. Who's laying anything? A charge against God's elect. Not God. He's the one that justified. Who's accusing? Not Jesus. He's the one paid the price. If God's for us. Come on, does this mean something something else to you? If God is for you, who can be against What difference does it make who's against you? Well, they're accusing me and they're accusing me. The devil's always trying to accuse you. But... They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Woo! Hallelujah! Oh! <laughs> they overcame him. He's always accusing. He's always trying to lay something charge against you. Now, they, we, don't just overcome by the blood. Did you hear the other part? Huh? By what? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, the language here and in Romans and in Galatians and Hebrews and different places is legal terminology. Legal terminology. Courtroom language and descriptions. God is the righteous judge. And Jesus is our advocate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is our advocate. He's our attorney for the defense. And he's also the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also the whole world. But it's only manifest in those that believe it and receive it. But if you mess up, even if you mess up bad, and you, you're experiencing the repercussions of it. If you'll listen, your advocate will come. Yes, he will. He's always there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he'll come to you in your jail cell. He'll remind you of the Bible. And he'll say, uh, now I want you to review this. Because <laughs> this is all you say. Are you with me? This is all you say. Don't say anything else, no matter what the prosecuting attorney, the accuser, no matter what he says, this is all you say. Now let's go over it a little bit. I'm innocent. <laughs> Of all charges. I deserve no punishment. Innocent. Not guilty. And that's all you say. No matter what he tries to show or say or do. Let's go over it again. I'm innocent. Of all charges. Not guilty. I deserve no punishment. I deserve no 
Now, it's not a nice thought, but every day of our lives, the accuser of the brethren is trying to build a case against us. And he has circumstantial evidence. He's got (laughs) some pretty convincing stuff. But the critical piece he needs is first witness testimony. Eyewitness, I should say. Testimony. And I don't care if you got the best attorney in the world. You get up on the stand and go, I did it. <laughs> I'm guilty of sin. I, I did. You're done. Is that right? I don't care who your attorney is. You're done. You're done. <laughs> And that's what, I know we're laughing, but that's happening. That's happening. People, the enemy comes and tempts people, all of us. People yield to it. Then he's the very one that comes immediately and and starts loading you with condemnation. You're a pitiful excuse for a Christian. Look what you did. He's the one tempted you to do it. (laughs) He's a dirty one. Sorry, cuz. I'm not going to shed one tear when he gets cast into the lake of fire. He's going to get his. But he's always trying to build a case against you. And what he needs is for you to confess guilt. And confess that you deserve to be punished. Because then he is the stealer, killer, and destroyer. He, He can get access to you. How many remember the Bible says, don't give any place to the devil. Resist the devil. And so he'll pressure you. And it matters what comes out of our mouth. By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. By what? Your words. Your words. And that's why it has been so popular. That's why it's been preached for centuries. Christians have been preached to about how... Sinful we are, and and I'm just an old sinner, saved by grace. I, I sin every day. I, I can't help it. I'm a, I'm an old sinner. Well, if you're a sinner, you're guilty. You deserve to be punished. You cannot escape condemnation, condemnation and shame. How did they overcome the accuser of the brethren? Come on, help me out. Number one, blood. Oh, the precious blood of the spotless lamb. And what? And what? So every day you're on the witness stand in life. And anything you say can and will be used against you. It's true. In the high court of heaven. He's trying to build a case against you, trying to get access to you. Did the Bible say life and death is in the power of the tongue? Yes. And the enemy will come and bring you memories of things. And, yes. and it's like you're on the stand and he's the prosecuting attorney and he's going, you were there at such and such place yeah. and, and you said this and, and you did this and, and you cussed and <laughs> you stole and you, what kind of Christian are you? And, and Come on, help me out. What did Jesus tell you? Come on, what, what did Jesus tell you? Y'all had not forgot already. Come on, what did Jesus tell you? Huh? 
You you were there. You know you said it. You know you did it. You know. You know. Come on, help me out. I'm I'm innocent. I'm innocent. That's not lying. It's a redemptive reality. Jesus didn't deserve the punishment for sin either. But he took it. You didn't deserve being made righteous and innocent. But you received it. So the enemy will pour it on. He'll, bring, he'll try to replay it. You know, he's got, he's got video. He'll try to show you. He'll try to show you. Remind you what you said, what you did. He wants you to break. He wants you to, to fall across the front and go, I know. I know. I just, what was I thinking? What, what's wrong with me? And I'm guilty. And then he'll say, I rest my case. If you're guilty, he can get access to you to steal, kill, and destroy. But if you know who you are and you know the blood of the Lamb and you know what to testify about, You'll sit there cool as a cucumber. <laughs> and you smile because you're not ashamed. You smile because you're confident. I mean, you're going to be confident when Jesus comes back. Why can't you be confident sitting on the witness stand today? And he says, you were there and you said this and you did this. And you just go, I'm innocent. Innocent. You, you were there. You were there. I know you were there. You said this. You did this. I deserve no punishment. I'm completely innocent of all charges. Innocent. I've been made innocent. So, no. No. See, he's, he's going to show what you did. He's going to present the evidence. And he goes to try to show it to the court. And nothing comes up. He said it was there. It's been washed by the blood. What? Where's the evidence? Somebody has been messing with the evidence. Where's the evidence? You just go, see, I told you. Told you. Innocent. Yeah, but you say, yeah, but you, yeah, but you, yeah, but you. I'm innocent. I'm telling you, innocent. Now, the father only let that go on so long, and he'll say, that's enough. And then your advocate will step forward. See, th- this, is, this is more the definition. He ever lives to do what? See, people have turned that into prayer. It's a legal term. He's our advocate. He is there and pleads on our behalf. Our case. He says, Your Honor, my Father, You have heard the accused, your son, my brother. You're already feeling good about this. (laughs) Confess that he, she is innocent of all charges. I present for the court's consideration, Exhibit A, my blood on the mercy seat. And the court's attention turns to the blood and it says, innocent. The blood says, innocent, innocent. The blood speaks better things than Abel. See, Abel's blood said Cain's guilty, Cain's guilty. But Jesus' blood says you're innocent. You're innocent. You're innocent. You're innocent. innocent. 
You say, yeah, I told you. I told you. Yeah, I'm innocent. I deserve no punishment. He said, you, you've heard the accused, your son, my brother. Testify. They, they don't deserve sickness and disease. They're innocent. I present for the court's consideration. Exhibit B, the stripes on my back. The father says the court has accepted that evidence. And the accused is innocent. Declared righteous. Was, is, always will be. And it will be manifested in your life as long as you bear witness to it. Come on, are y'all with me or not? As long as your witness agrees with his witness. Come on, can you say amen? Amen. You overcome every accusation of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and, and, and. See, you know, something come up. You have a financial need. You had a fender bender. You had some symptoms. The enemy will come immediately and try to tell you, well, yeah, but you know, you did this and you didn't do that. And, you know, that's why this is happening. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. And most Christians just accept it. Well, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I just opened the door for all What if you didn't open the door? How about shutting it right now? <laughs> why, why we got to leave it open? The rest of the day. Yeah. Must rest the rest of the year. Uh-huh. What if you did? <laughs> but can you see, even if you don't say it, you lose your joy, you lose your peace. It gets worse and worse. You think, well, yeah, but you know, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. So, you know, I guess, you know, I made my bed hard. I just, I got to lay in it. You know, I, you sowed it. You got to reap it. Not if someone else reaped it. Come on, can y'all listen to this? Not if someone else reaped it. That's what redemption is all about. He didn't commit sin. He knew no sin. But he was made sin. With your sin and my sin. And if he was really made sin, then those who receive it are really made righteous. And if you really are made righteous with His righteousness, it doesn't get any more innocent than that. Is that right? You can't get any more innocent than Jesus' innocence. You can't get any more righteous than His righteousness. And that's what we have. We've received it by faith. But we've got to be strong every morning, every noon, every night, every temptation, every feeling of guilt or shame. You've got to resist it. If you need to repent, you repent. But immediately you say, I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing. I receive washing. And you begin to testify. I'm innocent. He's been, he made me innocent. I don't deserve any punishment. He took my punishment. He took my place. I'm clean by the blood. I'm clean. Come on, stand on your feet. I've probably gone long enough. Stand on your feet. Say, I'm clean by the blood. Come on, close your eyes. Let's, let's say it some more. Let's thank Him for it some more. I'm clean by the blood of the Lamb. I'm clean, I'm clean. Come on, just thank Him. Keep saying it. He's made me clean. He's made me worthy. 
The blood declares me innocent. Oh, thank you, thank you for the blood. I agree, I bear witness. I testify. I have been made innocent. I am innocent by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say it out loud. I resist every accusation. I stand against guilt and shame. I do not receive condemnation because I am washed. Jesus paid the price for all those things and I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Somebody's getting healed right now. Just keep saying, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. He's made me innocent. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 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 Hallelujah. <clears throat> you, you can tell by looking at people whether they believe this or not. You can't hide shame, condemnation. You can try to put on a good face, but it affects your countenance. It robs you of your joy and your peace. When Brother Hagin said the Lord told him that, he said, stand up on your feet. Stand up. I've made you worthy. Later on, I, I, I remembered what the psalmist said. He said, you're the glory and the lifter of my head. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Is he? Is he? You, you've been going around. Uh, I'm, so, I'm such a poor excuse of a Christian. Jesus, if you'll let him, he'll go. Boy. Boy. I've made you worthy. Come on, somebody say, he's the glory. And the lifter of my head. We're not talking about arrogance because it's not what we did. It's confidence. Confidence in the blood. Confidence in what Jesus has done. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead, go ahead. Get, get your chin on up a little bit. Come on. Yeah. He's the glory and the lifter of my head. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, 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 thank you. Hallelujah. Now you are, you need to call the enemy on his accusations because he'll tell you, well, you know, you didn't live right and you, you know, you, you abused your body so bad before you received the Lord. You did all those drugs. You did all that alcohol and you and all that other kind of stuff. So you can't expect to have good health now. Uh, say it out loud. Lies. That's a lie. 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 
Well, you know, you made so many mistakes and you, you hurt people and you did things you shouldn't have done and you did bad things with money, so it's not surprising that you're having financial trouble now because well, what is all this saying? You deserve it. You deserve, you're guilty. You should have it. You need, you need to call it and say, no, that's a lie. That's a lie? That's a lie. I'm not saying I didn't mess up, but I've been forgiven. I, I'm clean. And if I'm clean, I don't deserve it. That's right. Amen. Does Jesus deserve it? No. Well, it's His righteousness you got. Yes. Yes. I don't deserve it. It's not true. I don't have to have it. Well, you've sowed some bad seeds, and now you're going to have to reap it. No, He reaped that for me in my place. It's the best. That's why they call it the good news. It's the best news anybody ever heard. He took our sin and gave us His righteousness. He took our sickness, gave us His healing. He took a chastisement of our peace, gave us His peace. He became poor so we could be rich. Best news. Best news anybody ever heard. Somebody say, good news, good news. Good news. And I believe it. I believe it. I receive it. I believe all of it. I receive all of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God.